Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Once again, you are tuned in to Zambia. Block Talk Radio broadcasting live from the state of Indiana. And I'm your host, Noah Lovo, the association president for uh, Zanus and Zen. So today is a very special day. It's, of course, Mother's Day. What can we do without our mothers? Our mothers are what make us what we are. So today is a very special day. To all the mothers out there, I just want to take a few minutes and send a shout-out to all the great, loving, caring uh, mothers out there. We, we know we couldn't be at this juncture in life without our mothers. So uh, kudos to all the great moms out there. Today's show will be featuring the association leadership in the great state of Arizona. Uh, this is, of course, President Andrew Peary. He will be bringing his, some of his colleagues to feature on our show. Our show today is a very special one. Of course, we will be sending out some messages here and there to just thank all the mothers out there on our platform, on our Zanus platform, we have some mothers out there. So we are just thankful that we can have a special day like this to celebrate. Mother's Day, of course, it's, it means everything to all of us. So we'll be sending out uh, some messages back and forth just to wish our great moms out there. So a lot has been happening in the U.S. There has been some killing of a guy who was jogging in uh, the state of Georgia. And, of course, there's just been here in my great state of Indiana, there's been some unrest. I think three black people were killed. So it's always interesting that happened to all our people. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, welcome, welcome to Zanus Radio Show, broadcasting live on Sunday, every 2 p.m., every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, which is, of course, 1 p.m. Central Time and 11 a.m. on the West Coast. So, today we are joined by guests from Arizona. Arizona is on, I think they are three hours away, they should be on uh, West Coast time or Pacific time. So, President Andrew Peary, can you hear me, sir? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. I do appreciate your generosity. Great, great. So, Zanus, uh, of course, is a platform for all the leaders. We try to uh, engage. Uh, right now, we are on a series, a look at the association. So, the premise or uh, the purpose of this show is to highlight what is happening in individual associations because when, from, for instance, I'm in Indiana, the challenges and the problems, the obstacles that we are having in Indiana, they may differ from the challenges that the Zambians in Arizona are having. So on this series, we started out with the state of California. We featured President Mwengu Siwitu, who represents the Northern California Zambian community. Then we followed it up, featuring President Fred Kazembe of the Dallas Association. And today in our series, we are continuing featuring President Andrew Peary, and we'll be talking about uh, what is happening in Arizona, uh, the dynamics of Zambians out there, and just to get to know a little bit more about the leadership in Arizona, what plans they have during this COVID uh, period, because I'm sure it's just a short time. I'm sure very soon we'll, we'll be getting past this, so we can't wait to get back to work. So at this time, I'll just go ahead and uh, I, I'm seeing President Charles Wembia is on the line. Good afternoon, sir. 
Uh, good afternoon. Sorry, my, I, I, I had my phone muted. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, good afternoon, leadership in Arizona. Thanks for joining us today, and happy Mother's Day to all mothers. Yeah. I'll I'll take it over yeah. to, uh, back to President Law. Okay. Yeah. So we have. I think this should be President Blair, if I'm not mistaken. President Blair, uh, how are you, sir? Yeah. Good afternoon, uh, President Law, and good afternoon, uh, President Andrew Piri in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all our mothers, especially our Zambian uh, mothers. We appreciate what you do for the families, and uh, the families can only be as strong as the mothers are strong, and we, we thank God for all our mothers. So thank you so much, uh, President Andrew, for uh, taking this uh, Sunday up, and uh, we wish uh, you in Arizona uh, success in your leadership. Uh, as far as uh, questions, I don't know if you're willing to take questions, but I'll ask so what uh, I know President No asked the challenges that you face in uh, Arizona. I know that place is very hot, and I've been to Scottsdale and uh, other places there. Um, what do you think uh, the population of Zambia in Arizona like? Okay, sounds good. And uh, once again, I want to take the first uh, opportunity to thank all the mothers and I uh, wish them a happy Mother's Day. And... Uh, to all the single fathers that play both roles of being the mother and the father as well, I just wish them all the best. And of course, I mean, uh, reaching out to all the mothers all over the world. Um, it's unfortunate that they had today in this uh, current environment, but I hope that uh, things will normalize and get back to uh, where they're supposed to be. Um, Arizona is pretty vast. I know that you've been to Arizona, it's a desert. Uh, right now, we're having extreme heat. Uh, the last few days, we've been over like 106, uh, which I believe is good because uh, they say the coronavirus won't uh, thrive in a hot, heat, I mean, uh, hot conditions or humid. Uh, so we're hoping that this will slow down uh, the spread of the virus. Uh, just to give you a back, I mean, a background of where we started from. I mean, I came to the U.S. in 2004 and. Uh, was uh, involved in the Association of Arizona as a member, then I picked up some challenge as a public relation. That kind of helped me to put myself up there and uh, know the people very well. Uh, we're pretty vast. Uh, we have uh, Phoenix, which is a metropolitan, and uh, we have Tucson. Uh, so we have one association. Um, I would say a lot of people that we had in Arizona were coming from JCCM. You know, a lot of them came here through the scholarship uh, back in the days, which were offered by the this year. Um, we have about maybe, I would say about three, 300 people, 300 Zambians, as they say, from uh, my headcount, of course, that's just a rough estimate. Um, a lot of challenges that we're facing, of course, I mean, like any other association, it's just bringing everybody together has been a challenge. I mean, the people that will want to engage, after some time they'll disengage. But I'll, the most important thing that I put up every time is uh, I'm so glad and I'm so happy that we have an association in Arizona, which means it's so easy for me to coordinate. It's so easy for us to coordinate everybody to get together when we first with a calamity. But other than that, I mean, it's been a very good experience. I'm so blessed and so happy to be part of the Arizona community. Oh, great, great, great. Yeah, that's, that's a great start to our, our conversations today. So uh, before we get any further, President Andrew, how many people do you have from your executive team? I sent out a message uh, this mo- well, last week and this morning as well to ask anyone to join in. Uh, so I don't know if I have uh, anyone from the committee member that has managed to call in right now. Um, I don't know if uh, anyone is available, but I did send a message out. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it shows that uh, right now, it's, I think it's just you. So we're going to, uh, obviously, I'm sure they will be joining us with the show progresses. 
But basically, we are just happy to have you. And like you said, of course, it's unfortunate that we are having, we can't really celebrate our mothers in this time because everybody is sort of in a quarantine state. And hopefully things will be getting back to normal. But yeah, so just a follow-up question. I know you sort of gave a little bit of the answer, but I will still go ahead and answer, ask you this question. So mm, let's open up with your interest in this role and uh, the, uh, the organization. Tell me more about that and why you feel your background and experience are unique, uniquely situated to your role as the, the, uh, the association president for Arizona. Okay, sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for that question. Uh, first of all, um, I'm a proud Zambian. I'm so proud to be part of this uh, fabric that's so uh, active and uh, very um, energetic. Um, this association has brought a lot of uh, change to me. Uh, the basis of my networking of how I settled down in the U.S. is based on the networks that I had in the association. Without them, I wouldn't have succeeded or I wouldn't have moved forward. Uh, this means a lot to me. Uh, we've managed to preserve not only our culture, it's uh, managed to preserve our lifestyle. I mean, uh, we know coming to the U.S., of course, there's certain things that you have to stimulate, but uh, there's that fabric that you want to keep, uh, which will always uh, uh, take you back home and uh, remind you of where you're coming from. And I'm so happy that uh, I'm part of this uh, Arizona Association. Uh, the role that I played or my role as a president, uh, so I said, I mean, this is just to, uh, I'm not here to uh, uh, to uh, tell people what to do. What I do is uh, I mobilize, organize, inform, and I go out to get everybody together. And I'm so excited that we've had a lot of successes, not saying that we didn't have failures, we failed in certain ways, but it's given us an opportunity to learn and move forward. And uh, I believe my role plays a critical point. Um, I, I can just take you back that we almost uh, collapsed as an association, but I was so fortunate that I was up there and I told everybody, I talked to my vice president, then Eugene, we said, well, we can't afford to lose this. If we do, uh, that'll put us in a situation. And I was able to get some few people mobilized and uh, uh, with the influence of everybody, whoever was interested, we managed to revive and uh, we're now standing high as uh, Arizona Association. Oh, that's great. Great, great. Yeah, because it's always good to uh, have the right people in leadership because when you have the right people in leadership, I think it helps to get things moving very fast and at least uh, I'm sure the people, they appreciate what you're doing there. So my follow-up question to that is, how comfortable are you working with other Zambians? Because we know most of the, most of us, when you ask Zambians, there's always these, these sentiments. I don't want to work with Zambians. Oh, I want to stay away as much as possible from Zambians. So how comfortable are you working with our people? Um, you know, it's, uh, it's unf uh, I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate enough, because I don't, uh, every time I meet a person, I don't judge them. Um, I go in with an open mind. Uh, so if you ask anyone in Arizona, if you talk to people in Arizona, they'll, uh, let, they'll tell you that uh, I'm so approachable. Um, I'm very versatile in terms of uh, working with everybody in Arizona. I love working with people. That's my passion and that's my job. I have to engage. So if you disengage, there's no success. You're limiting yourself uh, with the opportunities or abilities that you can create. Uh, so I'm pretty good with people. I'm a sociable person, very open person, very approachable. And um, I love working with people and I love working with Zambia. I mean, uh, there may be some people out there that may not be comfortable with uh, me, but I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, I'm so happy, and I work with everybody in Arizona, and I'm so comfortable with what I'm doing. That's great, great, great. Yeah, now let me follow it up with slightly different question. Tell me about the structure of your association and if there are any membership dues. Oh. But we uh, we kind of uh, after we revived the association, we uh, 
there was a challenge in people picking up the uh, rows. Uh, so what we did is uh, we kind of uh, tried to limit the number of positions in the association. Uh, we have a 10 committee member right now. So we have a president and we have a vice president. Uh, then everybody else is a committee member. Not that they don't do anything. So what we do is uh, we have uh, a platform that we do, whether it's a conference call or we go to WhatsApp, we have our own platform that we communicate. If we have to do something, we put it up there, get suggestions, then anyone is free to go out there once approved by the committee to either put it up uh, to the public or they can announce. But one thing I like is we've been working so well. I know there's certain people that don't want for me to do certain work. I was, we don't mind, like me and the vice president, we pick up most of the roles, we follow up with everybody, inform everybody, get uh, everybody on the same platform. The most important thing I forgot to mention, we have a, uh, a treasurer. So we have a treasurer, we have a vice president, we have a uh, president, and the rest are committee members. But we've been working pretty well the last four years that we've been around. Right, that's great, great. Good that, uh, you know, for us being in the diaspora away from Zambia and putting up these structures, associations to help foster some sort of networking path and preserving our culture, I mean, our, our tradition, our values, it's usually a challenge. So I always applaud people when they are forming up these associations and doing the very best that they can. So kudos to you, sir. Now, the, question, the next question I have for you is, I know working with others is, others is not easy. How do you give feedback? How do you take feedback uh, from others? And do you have some examples to share? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, the, the first thing is, uh, I mean, I, I try not to, like, giving feedback to people. I mean, I, I don't focus on the person. I mean, I... I focus on the issue at hand, and uh, I don't try to uh, judge somebody if there's uh, something that I feel needs to be done or something is wrong. I do approach them in a very uh, well-structured manner, not to judge them, not to have any uh, 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 thing against them. I try to uh, be more clear and uh, try to give them in a positive way. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that I feel like, uh, so I'll just give an example of one uh, member that we have that has been around. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, this is a boy that uh, uh, came uh, via a scholarship back home, uh, which was a blessing. I mean, I, uh, very few people gain such scholarships. He came to Arizona, and uh, I mean, I felt so bad, or we felt so bad as an association because we couldn't stick uh, in school because of bad influence the people that he made. An association, we tried our best to talk to him, not to judge him. I tried, we tried to sit him down and say, hey, you know what, this is something that you have to take serious. This is a lifetime changing event. Uh, there's a lot of people back home that need this position. You can't just come here and mess it around. Because the school called us as an association to intervene. So we had some meetings with the school trying to bring the boy or to align the boy in the right direction. And I, we, talk to him and I talk to him in a personal note and say, you can't afford to miss this opportunity. As an association, we're here to stand by you. Let us know what we can do. Maybe school is not your thing. Let us know if there's other ways that we can help you. But unfortunately, the boy couldn't make it in school and he was sent back home. So these are some of the things that uh, I try to uh, engage with the community, try to give feedback where I can. I mean, I don't know everything, but at least we've got people that have good in what they do so they can help i reach out we spread all the wings to make sure that everybody's taken care of we give feedback where it's necessary and if it is good feedback we promote it and we support it oh great great thank you it's always good at least for the association they are not just out there to have parties and of course the funeral coordination and things like that those things of course are important but I think it's good to uh, highlight examples like the one you have just, uh, I mean, the one that you've just mentioned, because uh, we always have to be in a role of uh, sort of like a, a model. Uh, I think the challenge that I, I see for the most part, especially with our communities, uh, now I'm speaking for, I think, black people across board, 
there was a time in 2014 I went to uh, I was working for the Red Cross at the time and then I was invited to talk about what the Red Cross does and of course they I me coming from Zambia and then in the midst of white people uh, they wanted to learn a little bit about the Africa and terms of poverty, the challenges that people are facing out there. So I drove out there, it's like 45 minutes up north from where I live, to a school called Clay Count, I mean Clay Middle School. It's in Camo, Indiana. So I got there and then most of the kids in there, I mean the students, were, I mean 99% white. And there were of course a few black people, just a few black kids here and there. So when I began to talk about my experience in America, talking about the challenges in Africa and all that stuff, the kid was very, I mean, some of the black kids in the audience or crowd, they were very, very happy because it's very unusual, very common to have a black person uh, sort of in a leadership role. So it's very good actually for these associations. We have to be mindful that we are not only representing ourselves, but we are the images for the community. And what we do, uh, for the most part, it's always looked at or it serves as a great example for others. So when I finished talking, the little kid, black kids, they approached me and they were very happy because I could tell that, oh, actually they were just so happy seeing a black person in a position of influence. So kudos to what you're doing, sir. We always want to make our, our like to borrow Trump's word, we want to make our communities great. So ladies and gentlemen, we're listening to the news radio show. It comes every Sunday at 2 p.m. on Eastern Time. Our guest for this segment is the President Andrew Perry, the Arizona Association President. Uh, at this point, I'm going to ask if President Blair Siajunza has a question. No, yeah, thank you, Buena Noah, President Noah, and uh, thank you, Buena Andrew, for uh, explaining how you got involved with the association in Arizona. Uh, I just wanted to follow up on uh, what uh, I know associations exist for us to be able to bring together uh, Zambians, regardless of uh, you know where they come from in Zambia. Uh, it's a platform for us to unite and share our common values and things like that. But beyond just uh, meeting, uh, I wanted to find out what cause uh, is the association in Arizona pledging to commit to. You know, there's, um, of course, we, we all appreciate you mentioned there are a lot of people that came through ZCCM scholarships. And um, they're here, of course, we're benefiting from that uh, free education that we got from Zambia. And um, there's an obligation for most of us, as we know, the Zambian government right now is dealing with through economic challenges. They, they, there's a dead situation that they cannot even service. So what cause can associations such as yours in Phoenix uh, embrace on so that we can give back to our motherland? You know, it could be education, it could be health. What cause, for example, when you have a program for the year, what cause are you thinking about adopting as a way of paying back to the motherland? That, 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 that's a very good question, and uh, I, I, I thank you for asking that. And uh, just going back to what Brother uh, uh, Noah asked earlier on, I think I didn't mention about association fees, uh, and I'm sorry I didn't touch that topic. Uh, believe me, it's been a challenge uh, collecting association fees, and there's a lot of factors that have contributed to us not getting fees right now. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into details, but I mean, there's a little bit of uh, mismanagement uh, at some point, so the trust was eroded. Uh, so it kind of uh, put us that people were kind of uh, scared of now uh, trusting everybody and trusting people with the funds. So we are 
getting there with uh, better trust. I mean, uh, we lost nearly everything, so we're now starting to get back on track, and I'm so happy and so proud. But uh, once we start uh, charging fees, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Uh, so pretty much, I mean, every Zambian that's there, uh, our goal is to help out and uh, change uh, lives in Zambia. And that, that has been a um, um, uh, uh, thing that uh, we uh, meet as a team every year to think about uh, any programs that we can support back home. Um, we had a drive uh, some time back, which, of course, wasn't uh, very successful. Uh, the logistical part was kind of challenging. We uh, started, like, uh, uh, trying to contribute. Uh, everybody was told to maybe find a pair of shoes or shipping, uh, like, books and what. Then we were supposed to ship it back home with Amazon. But, of course, the logistical part with Amazon didn't work out right. But right now, uh, we leave it open. Uh, we support any uh, organization that uh, needs help. Uh, we, uh, I'm very open to or committed to uh, work with an organization in whatever role Arizona can play. And the special educational part is the most important thing that we feel like Zambians need to uh, force ahead in that uh, uh, part. And because uh, education is key. Once people are in, uh, educated and empowered, then with power comes uh, pride. And with pride, comes uh, prosperity. So I'll, I'm very much open if uh, there's any organization that are involved in, uh, 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 be it like a, a child uh, education part, uh, I'm, I'm very open to uh, such suggestions. Okay, all right, great, great. Yeah, just to follow up on that, I think the challenges that we are having, for instance, I'll, I'll give an example of the issue we are having here in Indiana because of this COVID-19 we got together and said let's donate some uh, some PPE, some masks surgical masks, the three ply. So we got together some money the, the, the community put up some money we uh, reached for a, a vendor back home and then they were able to get everything squared up and queued up to, to be delivered. Now the challenge that we are having, it's very somehow silly in the sense that, for instance, we identified two places, Kafue and Kanyama, to take, I mean, to deliver our stuff. So now the challenge is we sort of have to get the okay from the government back home. Unfortunately, I didn't even know that they sort of have to give you the okay to donate. So the vendor reached out to the permanent secretary. Mm. Now, the permanent secretary, of course, you know that Zambian mentality. They say, okay, bring that paperwork. We'll have to sign. So these guys drop off the letter, and then they are told, no, come back in the afternoon. In the afternoon, they show up. Oh, the guy is busy. So come back the next day. I mean, the typical, uh, I mean, uh, operation of, I mean, the way Zambians operate. So now the letter is signed. Two, three days later, the letter is signed. Now, we are told the letter has to be taken to the provincial office. Now, they have to okay. And now, so we're just waiting to hear back. Now, you can imagine, all we want to do is to help the folks on the ground. The staff is already on the ground there in Lusaka right now as I'm talking. Now, we are waiting for the provincial office. I don't even know where the provincial office is. They have to give the okay, and then I'm told, they have to decide when we can deliver the items. How ridiculous and, and, and unfortunate is that? So for people who want to donate, they'll be like, then why do we have to go through these challenges if just donating something, you have to go all through these hoops? So it's very uh, unfortunate. And I reached out to President in, in Joyce Chiwe because I think she told me she's in, in touch with the... She knows the, the health minister, I think uh, she could be a personal friend. So she's going to reach out to the minister of health and then sort of check with him and see what's the way forward. So it's very unfortunate. I don't know what you guys have to say about this because how do, does the government, of course I know most of, most of our government operates in the sense that when you follow the right channels, they'll frustrate you so that you pay someone, you bribe someone for things to move. Now, imagine 
All we want is to deliver oh, those things to Kafue and Kanyama, but now we're getting the, the, I mean, the runaround. I mean, that's just unfortunate. Any, any comment on that? No, that is a valid point, and um, I kind of understand exactly what you're talking about. So it, it's it's been happening over the years, and um, unfortunately, it's uh, preventing uh, us in the diaspora contributing in a way that we should. We should, but uh, we shouldn't give up. Uh, what we have been, what I've been trying to work on with uh, the networking that we talked about, with the Zambian diaspora networking. So, of course, we want to identify Zambians that are in the diaspora who can help, who can donate, such as you did from Indiana, such as, um, you know, Madam Joyce in uh, Texas and Illinois has done. And what we try to do right now with this kind of initiative is to try and find partners in Zambia people who have been here and have gone back to Zambia, and we can use them as a resource to cut through the red tape, the bureaucracy that you just described. It is real, and it is frustrating. I'll give you an, an, another example. of uh, uh, We have a couple of uh, professors here who have tried to give free lessons to UNSA, uh, UNSA students, UNSA department. And they've taken time here and gone back to Zambia and said, okay, how can I, you know, help, you know, bring my skills, bring my expertise and teach. And they've been given the runaround that you just described. You've got to sign this document. You've got to see this. You've got to bribe this. So it's it's been a challenge. But I think once we identify the problem, it is incumbent on us to find a way around it. And one of the things that I think we've identified is finding goodwill partners on the ground in Zambia. There's a professor, David Zulu, who's an engineering school at UNSA, who we're reaching out to, for example, to support, to, to provide support for books, engineering books for UNSA students. And he's going to help put up a structure, hopefully, once we talk to him and um, uh, put together some logistics. It's the same thing with um, Dr. Chitalu. He's also a friend, actually, and I've reached out to him. And uh, it's unfortunate that uh, this PPE is sitting in Zambia and you have an outbreak in Kofiwe and it can't get to where it's needed only because of bureaucracy. So I would appeal that we, we bring our concerted efforts uh President Charles Wembe is with operations. I think once we have our, our next meeting, we can look at these challenges and see how we can overcome them. Because as hard as it is, our friends in other African countries have done it. Uh, talk about Ethiopia. Talk about Uganda, Kenya. Uh, the, the Kenyan diaspora has managed to find a way of cutting through the red tape. And I believe us as Zambians, we can also do the same because we know that our brothers and sisters back home need help. And we're able, even if it's small, but we're able to help a few. And the government should not be stopping us. There should be no bureaucracy that should stop us, especially where people have sacrificed uh, money and sent these supplies and they are not helping the way they intended to. So that's my two cents. I'm sure President uh, Wembia will have a comment or two. Yeah, President Wembia, any comments? Okay, I think he could be muted. So, President Piri, President Piri, any comment yeah. on what I yeah. just say, the challenges of the bureaucracy well, cutting through the red tape? Uh, it's heartbreaking, and uh, you think about it, it's, uh, by now, this is now 2020, we would expect that our leadership has evolved and uh, live uh, at the same level like everybody. I mean, it's unfortunate that they don't see uh, value of uh, the donations that are being made from this uh, side. I mean, like they don't, they, maybe they think it's uh, politicized, uh, which is not the case. I believe these are genuine donations that are trying to help the, our fellow citizens. Um, I'm just uh, hoping that the embers too can step in and uh, alleviate some of these challenges that uh, the diaspora is uh, threatening to support uh, the people back home. Uh, it's heartbreaking, and I can imagine 
uh, people that donated and uh, how they feel. They, in their mind, they think they're saving a life. And uh, I believe those things will be released when this thing is over and done. So it would make no sense. And I'm not surprised. I used to work at the airport. Uh, seen uh, drugs expire in the warehouse without being cleared. And uh, it's just a, a lot. I, I don't know how the government works. It's just so complicated. But uh, there's need for uh, uh, for someone to simplify and make it easy, especially for need for such uh, uh, donations, which are life-saving. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very unfortunate. But anyway, at least we we are willing. I mean, we we've purchased the items; they are ready to be dropped off. But the the, the red tape. Somebody wants to get bribed so that at least things can start moving. I mean, that's just unfortunate. Anyway, moving on, President uh, uh, Perry. Uh, how has the, this COVID-19 changed your operations out there? You know so, what uh, and let me let, let me even actually add to that. Do you even have any Zambians who are affected from the same? Uh, first of all, we're very very fortunate. Not that I. Um, we may have someone, but I don't know of uh, the people that I talk to, the people that we've been talking to, trying to get engaged, putting up messages, just to try to sensitize everybody. No one has come forth as being infected in Arizona. Though we have a person that lives in Arizona, the brother was the one that was infected in U- uh, UK and he passed. I think it was a professor and uh, I think it was all over uh, uh, Platform. So, I mean, that's the only person that I know of that has, uh, it's not a direct impact, but uh, he died in the UK and uh, has two sisters in Arizona. It's been a challenge. It's been a challenge because we have a policy when someone dies, uh, if it's a sibling, someone so close, we have to organize, get together, and have a funeral gathering. Uh, so, at this point in time, yes, we managed to. Uh, put up the message and uh, try to help as much as we can, but uh, we couldn't have a funeral gathering because of the same COVID-19. Uh, so right now I'm in the works of trying to do a Zoom conference call to get everybody to see if we can pass our, our condolences, but I don't know how it works. I don't know if it's an effective way, but we have to deal with what we have. Uh, but believe you me, this thing is either you're infected or you've been affected. It just changed everything. and. Uh, I don't know how we're going to get back on track, if it's going to be the same way or we have to change on how we move forward, how we have, or how uh, we need to prepare for such uh, eventualities in the future. Yeah, yeah, COVID-19, I mean, it's something that has really changed the, the way we handle business. I think some of us have benefited from this in the sense that we've, we've had enough time actually to rest and working from home for some of us is sort of just in theory but you just have to go in check your emails and respond to uh, one or two because uh, I, I I mean I work on HIV and AIDS so uh, most of our uh, agencies they are sort of closed for for now so what I do for the most part is just check emails here and there and but there isn't much, much, much going on. So that's why I'm saying it has helped helped some of us. I'm sure some of you who are working from home, you are you are you are happy with this. So that's the positive thing about the COVID-19. But of course, sure. uh, there's a lot of um, downside to this COVID-19. And we are seeing the cases in Zambia. Uh, I think for the most part in Africa. They are not so much, so which is which is a great thing, which is a great thing, and unfortunately we, I mean we have PPE just sitting there, uh, waiting for government to decide whether they want it or not, which is just unfortunate. But yeah, continuing on, uh, what is your leadership style? How has your leadership style evolved over time since? been part of the the association in Arizona? Well, it's, um, um, so, so let me just uh, take you back. I mean, I, I used to think democracy is the best uh, type of leadership, but uh, uh, for some time I think I uh, kind of uh, evolved on that stance, and I believe it's not the best approach. I mean, uh, I know it says the majority wins, but... I agree. 
I agree. Yeah. I'm actually one of those who agrees. So it's not so many of us agree, but I agree. Thank you for saying that. Continue. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of uh, try to uh, change up things a little bit, and uh, I think uh, it's really helped me to uh, take a role of being more of a transformative uh, kind of leadership style where you, because uh, I constantly communicate with my people. I try to inspire everybody and try to initiate ideas, and I wait for them to uh, give feedback. And uh, we don't, I don't like let it slide. I, I mean, I always take up the challenge. If we start something, everybody's on board with the community. I spearhead it, I communicate, I constantly. Uh, promote those ideas, and I think it helps. I don't just leave it up to them to decide or the majority rules because it's proven to be a failure. So I put up a point, communicate with them, tell them what it is, and if they approve, I spearhead it. I take my challenge and make sure that it succeeds. So it's, it's, it's kind of uh, evolved over time. I don't leave it up there for people to decide. Uh, I know my vice president has been very good at it. We always take up the challenges. We've been so good at communicating. Uh, when everybody's not uh, available to inspire, we go out, we do everything. We go off our way to promote and encourage everybody to participate. And it really helped us a lot instead of letting the majority decide on what to do. Okay, that's good. That's good. President Andrew, oh, sorry, President Charles Wendia, do you have a question? Oh, yeah, um, yeah, both uh, questions and comments. Sorry, earlier, I just couldn't get myself off the mute. Um, oh, okay. Yes, so, yeah, because I, I wanted to make a quick comment on uh, the red step and all that, but I think most of that has been uh, uh, covered. Uh, um, President Andrew, yeah, you just, um, I also agree that um, some, sometimes a heavily democratic approach may not be the best. Well, I think we can, we can use it up to a certain extent because what I used to do, I used to be, uh, I'm consultative, still consultative, and I let people come in. But like you said, you only do it up to a certain extent and you know when to pick it up and just push it and spearhead it. Otherwise, everything runs very slow and nothing gets done. So um, I, I, I like, I like that, that approach. Yeah. Now, your, your state is notorious for... Um, it, it's in a lot, it, it used to be in immigration news, uh, a lot, in the news regarding immigration a lot, with raids and all that. Does, does that um, affect our community a lot too? or, you know, stopping people. Uh, and when things like that happen, what, uh, do you have something in place? Like if somebody is picked up by authorities, what do you normally do? Or uh, do you have some kind of preparation for people that are new to the state? That, 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 that's, a, that's a very good question. And uh, I think most of you might have known that uh, before we used to have the sheriff, Joe Apai was the most notorious sheriff known around the U.S. as the toughest sheriff in the U.S. But again, to me, it's a, where is the crisis? That's where opportunities are. And to be honest with you, Arizona was perceived to be the most uh, 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 immigration uh, uh, state, uh, enforcement state as per se. But uh, a lot of people that have came through down here, regardless of how they came through, they've managed to break through the system and they have legal status. Yes, oh, but, uh, we've, we've, yeah. yeah, we've had cases where some people were uh, arrested, but uh, some of them is uh, beyond the system. Like, I mean, if you arrested three, four times for DUI, that, I mean, there isn't too much room that we, we can do as a community to help you. But for the most part, everybody that, that I know of that came down here, uh, they came in a different, uh, depending on how they came here, they've managed to break the system, and right now they've got legal status. Okay, that's uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, that I uh, well, it's good that Ohio is no longer there. You know, when I was um, working in Iowa, there's an area... It's um, pretty much a red area politically. 
are not just red. It's um, some of those that are on the extreme side of uh, uh, red, red, uh, red politics. So I found that they had organized an event, and the keynote speaker was of, was Joe Apio. So I found, mm. I found that very interesting. So it kind of aligned with a particular area. And actually, while I was um, trying to, um, I was working in that area, tra- training people on uh, community organizing, uh, somebody called, called, called the police. So when the police came, they were trying to figure out, I think it's somebody very influential, they're trying to figure out uh, how they're going to approach me exactly. So one of them spoke to me and said, well, we had cause. And I said, what, what were the cause about? Well, they just said uh, there's a guy walking in the street with a phone in his hand. Like, so what's the fear? It was the fear that I was going to call somebody? or? But, of course, it was just a case of um, walking while black in a neighborhood like that. So mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of all what was happening in Arizona and the fact that Joe O'Pai was going to speak in that area. So, well, thanks so much for the good job you're doing there. And regarding oh, people he, that he, are, he wants to come back. He wants to come back again, but I don't know. People now have made up their mind. They've moved on, but he wants to come back again. I think yeah, there's no room for such people in a modern society. <laughs> <right> now. <laughs> no, there isn't. And just going back to New Zambians over there, do you have anything? Because our, our Zambian system uh, is very different from here regarding uh, like getting uh, like we we don't have credit built up in Zambia because. Uh, we we do not have so much of a credit-based economy. So do you, how do you prepare new people in Arizona when they just come that, okay, this is how things work, this is how credit affects you, uh, you know, some financial education and uh, just some tips of here and there of how certain things will affect you in future. Let's say, you know, a DUI in Zambia won't affect you as much as a DUI here. Do you have anything like that? Or it's just goes to whatever, whatever circles they are in, the people educate the new people to Arizona? Yeah, uh, so, so, so we have uh, pretty much what I have is uh, like on one-on-one. Um, and uh, right now, and I'm so glad you brought up that. I remember for myself, because uh, uh, all I've done is finance, like I've been in this uh, either uh, financial industry for quite a long time, so I mean, um, I always like pay attention to the news. Of course, it's just information that you can predict the future. Like I remember in 2008 when the economy was so bad, and I preached this message to most Arizona Zambians: this is the right time to buy a house. I remember when I got my house; that, that was the time when the government was paying you $8,000 to buy a house. And I preached to a lot of Zambians: buy, buy, the buyers market, buy. Well, some people picked up the challenge. They uh, uh, they now are smiling about uh, the decision they made, and I'm fortunate I'm one of them that uh, made that decision, and my house has quadrupled. Uh, so right now, I was talking to some few Zambians right now, and I because uh, I knew this thing when the virus was coming through, because we had some statistical data that were pointing how bad the economy is, and I can tell you right now is uh, the mark- housing market hasn't been hit yet. One is because a lot of people, they got those assistance from the bank. Wait until the next three, four months or six months. That's when people start defaulting on the houses. And that will be the best time to buy. I mean, I'm just using data. It's not the right approach. But that's how it is. Because every time there's a crisis, there's a percentage of people that will give up the house. They won't be able to afford those. Either they lost their jobs and what. And as soon as that happened... Which of course, I mean, uh, in a in a perfect market, you either have the low interest rate or you're going to have a higher price uh, on the houses. But right now, we're looking at a point where the interest rate will be low and the housing prices will be low, which is not doesn't make any uh, economical sense. But at that time, it's the best time to buy. So I tell a lot of Zambians right now, if you're in the housing market, you kind of start preparing yourself, put yourself in order, work on your credit. Uh, Think about, look at where you want to buy. Look at what you're looking at. Start talking to realtors. And, uh, but I do provide it on one-on-one basis. I mean, uh, we don't have a platform which goes out to everybody, but uh, we do advise. I do advise people on that. Okay. Thank you so much. I'll take it back to President Noah. All right. Th- thank you for those great questions. So, President Andrew, can you speak a little bit about the demographics in your state? 
do you have a lot of uh, elderly folks, young folks, people working, I mean, in school? What type of jobs do Zambians do out there? Uh, so it's kind of a diverse and very uh, 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 unique uh, demographics. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I know that we have a lot of uh, mining engineers because most of them went to ZCCM, so they have uh, degrees in mining. Uh, some of them are in the committee They're doing excellent job. They're up there, and uh, we, we like to interact with them just to learn more. Um, so my Thing is uh, the biggest worry that I have in terms of demographic in Arizona is, uh, um, is this younger generation that's coming up right now uh, that are my, either migrated from Zambia and are now in school uh, or they were born here. So that is the demographic that uh, we've been trying to penetrate to engage them into the association. But it's been so tough uh, looking at the lifestyle that they have adapted. Uh, my older generation, which is very intact, we speak on the same level. If there's a funeral, they understand how the government customs work. That's the, that's the one that's uh, holding up everything right now, and that's the majority of families that we have. It's the older generation, I would say, from about 40 upwards. That's what we are depending on right now. So the demographic that worries me most is the one that uh, has been Americanized. So that, that's the biggest challenge. But uh, we have both. We have uh, the older, we have the younger generation. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Yeah, because I think from the survey that we did last, uh, hey, I think it was not not last year. I don't know whether it was 2018 or 2019 time. I mean, it's flying. So I think part of the, the data indicated that most of the folks came in around the early 2000s. I'm sure that, would you say that's the case for your state too? Yeah. So I mean, if you if you re, if you record the 2000, that that was the time like George Bush was president. I think he opened up for Africa. That is when a lot of people migrated from uh, Africa to the U.S. Uh, so we have a lot of people that came in that time, and uh, that that those are the folks that we still depend on right now that are still uh, actively involved in the association. Okay, great, great. Is you are listening to Zanus Radio Show? It comes every. Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Our guest this afternoon is President Andrew Perry from the great state of Arizona, the Trump-loving state of Arizona. I must, I must make sure I add that. Is that the case, the Trump-loving state? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's now it's, it's a total state right now. I mean, he was here like two days ago. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, so now we are, we are heading towards the home stretch now. Can you talk a little bit about what do you see as your top three? I mean, maybe you don't have to mention what. Let me phrase it this way. What are your top achievements or legacy when you leave your role as the association president? What are the top things that people will say or remember you for? Um, in this, uh, uh, one thing that I've uh, loved to do and I've always liked is about uh, uh, bringing people together. I believe uh, when I leave or when it's my time to step aside, I'm not trying to step aside from uh, being uh, part of the committee, but when my time comes for me to leave, it's uh, the unity that I brought to this uh, uh, organization. The first that I was able to put up there, like, uh, and I feel proud, like when I put up a message or when I talk to people and I kind of... Uh, show them my passion for uh, this association besides what I do outside the association. And I believe the biggest achievement is that to reunite, bring people together and make them believe that this is something that's needed. It's not something that we want. We need to have an association. We need to uh, uh, have a sense of identity and uh, protect that fabric that always uh, remind us of where we're coming from. Uh, that's one of the, uh, my achievements. And uh, the second achievement is uh, uh, it's integrity. I mean, I uh, believe uh, as leaders we need to portray. Uh, uh, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I mean, I'm nowhere close to perfect. I've had my own mistakes, but uh, uh, I, I've always uh, been the person that will be in the forefront. If I promote anything, I'll be transparent. 
Uh, if there's money involved, I'll go out there. I don't even touch anything. The accountant will do their thing, and they'll put up a report, and I will share with everybody. And if everybody has a question, they can query me, they can query the accountant, and they'll respond back to them. So it kind of uh, open up a lot of uh, uh, trust uh, once you open to what you do and uh, how you do it. Uh, so the, those are some of the things that makes me proud. When I live up there, I want to leave uh, uh, Lagos that will uh, be looked upon. And, of course, uh, if there's opportunity to make it better, I want the next person to work on that and strengthen what we didn't do right. All right, great, great. That's perfect, perfect answer. And what would you say are some of the things that you've been unable to to accomplish or, in other ways, what do you see as your greatest challenges or failures in your role? And uh, to be honest with you, uh, the biggest failures that I have sometimes when I sit back and uh, think of uh, some of the failures is just to uh, succeed most of the functions that we've had, like some independent studies. I mean, I, I mean, if it doesn't make sense to me, I don't have to do it. I tell everybody, it's like, if we have an independent start which costs more than what we feel we're going to bring in, I won't go ahead and do it. And people are upset about that. And uh, to some people, it could be a failure, but I don't want to do things that don't make economical sense to the association. It's an NGO, but we're not here to lose money. And uh, I believe... Some people disappointed. They wanted to have all these independence money every year back to back, and I believe I failed them in that arena because if it don't make sense to me, we're not going to spend it. Another failure. Oh, uh, yeah, another failure that I believe I may have. I mean, we may have as an association is uh, just try to uh, maintain consistency because at some point I believe we slack, we don't do much to uh, reach out to the community. I know everybody's busy, we've got our own things, and I wish we could uh, manage our time uh, pretty well and uh, be uh, consistent. Oh, great, 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 great. Yeah, so just real quickly, the last question I have for you. What weight do you have to those listening who may not belong to the association? How do you uh, we pull them into the association? And to me, it's uh, one thing. You have to belong to something. You don't have to belong to the uh, Arizona Association. Uh, but there's always a time that you need that next person to pull you up or to lift you. It's a great way to networking. It's not about pro- the perception that people have is belonging to association. It's like you're opening up yourself uh, to be helping people. No, it's all about networking. A lot of things that uh, were accomplished by myself and a lot of people here from jobs, from schools, with anything through networking with association, it really helped me a lot. And uh, think about it. There's people that uh, have been living in Arizona that we didn't know of until something bad happened. You don't want to be that person that will be known because of something bad happened. I'd rather be a person that's known right now. When something bad happens, I know where to run to. Mm-hmm. So I encourage everybody. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, what, what I was saying is, like, it, it, it's now time. I mean, um, it's now time that you have to think twice. You don't have to. It's not like you, it's a daily job or what. Just being a member, just showing up or contributing one way, uh, one way or the other will help you. Uh, we're going to identify you. And when there's a problem, we'll come and help you. We'll come and stand by you. We'll come and uh, 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 be uh, the cheerleader that uh, will lift you up. I mean, you don't have to be a problem. Graduation, we have so many people that are graduated, and we show up as an association to cheer them up. So it's, it's the belongingness that uh, makes a huge difference. Great, great, great. All right. This has been a great, great opportunity to get to know you, sir, and we are glad that you accepted the invitation to be on the show. And we've come to the end. Unfortunately, we'd love to continue discussing, learning more what is happening in the great state of Arizona. But unfortunately, we've come to the end of our show. This has been President Andrew Peary, the Association President, 
for the Zambian community in India, uh, sorry, in Arizona. See, I love my Indiana. <laughs> so, the Zambian Association <laughs> President, State of Arizona, joining us to discuss, uh, uh, talk about the community in Arizona and just uh, all the good things that are happening out there. So join us next week, ladies and gentlemen, as we feature the Association President for the State of Washington State. This is uh, Mr. Zakeo Ngoma, he will be coming with uh, his team to the show. So uh, we look forward to learning about the association president and the group in Washington State. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is a special, special Sunday for all the mothers out there. Uh, once again, it's Happy Mother's Day. We wouldn't be where we are without our mothers. So ladies and gentlemen, tune in next time. It's good. It's good. It's goodbye for now. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right then. Bye bye, folks. Thank you. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.